Well, as you can see, I am not Pastor Ronnie. I'm not nearly as tall or anointed. And I'm also not nearly as tall or as anointed as Pastor Jade either. <laughs> but we're glad they get to get away tonight to rest and relax. And Pastor Ronnie's preaching revival in Water Valley, Kentucky. So they called me. I don't know if that's a good thing or not. I guess you guys will be the judge of that. <laughs> Praise God. But I'm so thankful to be here, so thankful and honored to be in the house tonight. I apologize for running a few minutes late. We ran on time, but we hit a little bit of traffic. And I was supposed to open service, but Kyla called Sarah, and she said, you may need to cover for him. <laughs> so, But we're thankful to be here, and we know that God is, has something planned for this service here tonight. Uh, I truly believe that this word that God has laid on my heart is a, a timely word for right now in the hour that we're in. If you would, please stand with me for the reading of the word. Uh, i got to give you my scripture first, sorry. <laughs> uh, we're going to start in Ezekiel chapter 3. We'll read verses 16 and 17, and then we'll turn over to chapter number 37, and we'll read verses 1 through 4 there. When you have it, say amen. Praise God. <clears throat> Praise God. We'll start with verse number 16. It says, At the end of the seven days, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, I have appointed you as a watchman to the house of Israel. Whenever you hear a word from my mouth, warn them from me. And then chapter number 37, starting with verse 1, says, The hand of the Lord was upon me. And he brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of the valley, and it was full of bones. He caused me to pass all around them, and behold, there were very many human bones in the open valley, and lo, they were very dry. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, you know. Again he said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Uh, just just for a few minutes tonight, I want to preach to you. I, I'll try not to keep you too long, but the word, the title that the Lord gave me is just simple: is the Watchman tonight. Pray with me, if you would, Father. I thank you for this wonderful privilege and opportunity to be in your house tonight. God, I thank you for your spirit that I felt as soon as I came in the door tonight. I thank you for each and every heart and life and spirit that's in the house tonight. I thank you that, you're, that they're all here, and I thank you that you're here in this room with us. We are not alone, but you are right here with us, Father. And I thank you, and I praise you and give you the worship for that, Lord. I ask, God, that you would anoint me to, to preach this word exactly as you gave it to me, Father. You speak through, speak through me tonight, Lord God. Don't let me say anything that you wouldn't have said, but say everything that you want to say here tonight, Father. Open our ears and our hearts to receive tonight, and I ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Thank you. You may be seated. But as I begin to read and study on the role of the watchman, I, I begin to realize and understand how important that the role of the watchman is. It was one of the most important roles in, in ancient times because the, the definition of watchman is a member of a body of people to keep watch in a town at night. 
So what the watchman would do is as everybody else would go to sleep and go to bed at night, the watchman would climb up into his watchtower and he would look out in the distance and he was watching out and in the darkness to see if there was any enemy soldiers or anything coming in towards the city. Because what the watchman would do is he would look out and if he saw any enemy soldiers or any danger coming towards the city, he was able to warn the people of the town and and that way that they were the army could be ready to defend the town and defend the city so the 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 security of the city and the people all depended on the watchman. If there was no watchman, there was no certainty of safety for the people. If there was no watchman, there was nobody to warn of incoming danger and the, the enemy would be able to infiltrate the city and take it over before anybody even knew what was going on because there would be no watchman in the watchtower. <clears throat> Excuse me. So the watchman's role was very important. And in this day and hour, and, and, and ever since the church has became what it is, the church's job and the church's role has always been to be the watchman over our areas that we have all been strategically placed in by God. Man, woman, boy, or girl, it doesn't matter. You're the watchman over your home. You're the watchman over your neighborhood, over your family, over your city, over your state. And the church is the watchman over this nation. Hallelujah. And we as the church have to make sure that we are in our watchtowers at all times, that we no, never neglect our time in prayer, that we never neglect our time and, and our role as the watchman where God has placed us. Can I get an amen here tonight? Praise God. Hallelujah. Uh, the, the watchman, we are called to intercede on behalf of the territory that God has placed us in and over. Intercession is the act of petitioning God or praying on behalf of another person or group group. The sinful nature of this world separates human beings from God, and it has always been necessary, therefore, for righteous individuals to go before God to seek reconciliation between him and his fallen creation. Sending up prayers on behalf of those that God has placed in your life that are hurting, broken, and in need of a Savior. The watchman sees them and they call out to them saying, I know a Savior that can reach down right where you're at and pick you up and put you back together again and save you. And also to come alongside a Christian brother or sister who feels like their world is crashing all around them and they don't know which way is up from down. Hallelujah. The watchman's job and responsibility is to intercede in prayer on their behalf when they can't do it themselves and to lift them up and help them stand when they can't stand on their own just like when Moses couldn't hold his arms up. He had Aaron and he had her to stand by his side and raise his arms when he couldn't. That's the job. That's the role that God has given us is to, is to come alongside those that are in our lives, intercede, lift them up and say, hey, I know a God that can help you right where you're at. God's given me a word for you. God's not forgotten about you. He's not left you. He's not forgot about you. But he sent me as the watchman to pray for you, to intercede and to help you along the way. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God said in Ezekiel chapter number 22 and verse 30, He said, I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land that I should not destroy it. But I found none. And when we read this scripture, the context and the backstory of this scripture is, is God is, is talking about Sodom and Gomorrah. And, and we, we know the story of Sodom and Gomorrah. He, he, he came to Abraham and said, I'm going to destroy the city. And Abraham said, no, God, don't destroy the city. See, Abraham was being the watchman. He was interceding. And he said, if I can find 50 righteous, would you not destroy the city? And he said, I'll, I'll spare it for 50 and then it makes it on the way down and, and he but he still couldn't find any righteous that were in the city and Sodom and Gomorrah was destroyed and I'm here tonight in a group of people and, and I, I there, there's more than 50 of us here tonight but how many would say I will be one of the righteous in my city I will be one of the watchmen that is stands in the gap for my city for my family for my job my school I'll stand in the gap and intercede that God would spare his hand. Hallelujah. See, he in Ezekiel, in that, in that scripture, he's saying, I sought for a man. See, sought is a past tense to seek. He looked and he looked. He was looking for somebody that was righteous in the city. He was looking for somebody that was going to be in the watchtower. He didn't want to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. See, that's why he made the deal with Abraham. If you could just find somebody there righteous, I won't destroy the city. But there wasn't anybody there. How many is hearing the Lord tonight saying, who will stand in the gap for Connorsville? Who will stand in the gap for Indiana? Who will stand in the gap for your family? Who will, who will stand in the gap and intercede for the unsaved, unsaved people in your jobs? Who will stand in the gap for the unsaved family members that you have? Is there anybody here tonight that will say, I'll be the one. I'll answer God. I'll stand in the gap. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because without a watchman... When there's no watchman, we run the risk of spiritually dying before physically dying. Sodom and Gomorrah was spiritually dead before. It was spiritually dead and spiritually destroyed before it was physically destroyed. <clears throat> and if we're not careful in this nation, in home, the United States of America, if we're not careful... We will see this nation spiritually die from the inside out if there's no watchman. Hallelujah. Spiritually dying before physically dying. And God is looking all across this nation for watchmen to intercede and to speak life into and over our regions and over this nation. See, the thing is, 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 is where we're at physically... It's not just by happenstance. It's not just coincidence. But where you're at right now, right now in the physical, right where you're at, in, in the job, in the school, in, in, in the city, in the home, in the family, it's all strategically, it, you're been, you've, it's all strategic 
on God's behalf. There's no, there's no such thing as coincidence with God. But he has placed you right where you're at, right now, at this very moment, at this hour, calling you to be a watchman. Because if you don't do it, who, who will? If, if you won't stand in the gap for your unsaved loved ones, who's going to do it? Now, see, me and my family, on my mom's side of the family, we, uh, my mom's side grew up on the, the wrong side of the tracks, as, as you could call it. All throughout my childhood, my recollection of my interactions with my mom's side of the family has all been infused with drugs, alcohol, you name it. Theft, you name it. The only four people who are saved on my mom's side of the family are me, my sister, my mom, and my dad. That's it. It's just us. Who's going to intercede for them? Who's going to pray for my family? Who's, who's, who, who's going to stand in the gap and say, God, no, not, not, God, save my family. Who's going to stand in the gap when the enemy comes in and you see that you see the chains of addiction start to start to begin to wrap even tighter than what they already are? Who's going to stand in the gap and rebuke the enemy and rebuke the devil and say, not my family, not, not my aunt, not my uncle, not my cousin? Who's, who's going to do it if the four of us don't? Ask yourself the same question. Think about the unsaved people that are in your circle and in your life that, that, that God has brought in your life. To see, the thing about it is, is just like where you're at is strategic, just where the unsaved people that you know, just where they're at in your life is strategic by God. God has brought them into your life to be a light to them, to be a witness to them, and to be a watchman over them and say, God, I know they're not serving you right now. I know they may be lost. I know they're hurting. I know they're bound by drugs, by alcohol, by fornication. I know that the enemy has a hold of them right now but I will stand in the gap I will intercede for them I'll pray for them I'll witness to them because I will not let I will not let them go to hell on my watch but I will stand in the gap and I will speak life into them and I will intercede for them and say the enemy will not have them the enemy will not destroy them. Not on my watch. Hallelujah. But just like, just as I said just a moment ago, as long as we are in the watchtower, we can see it. We can see the enemy coming in. We can see the attack coming. And we can stop it before it even makes it to where it's intended to go. Because you understand, God has given us power and authority over the enemy. 
Luke chapter 10 and verse 19, Jesus said, he said, behold, I've given you power to tread upon serpents. And I've given you authority over the enemy. That means when the enemy, when the attack is coming in, you don't have to run in fear and say, I don't know what we're going to do. I don't know what's going on. It's just coming in from everywhere. We look like we're surrounded. I just, I'm just, I'm just, I'm nervous. I'm scared. I don't know what to do. No, friend, you can look those devils right in the face and say, I I bind you in the name of Jesus. I stop you and I rebuke you in the name that is above every name in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth and before the attack even gets to the person, gets to you, gets to your family, you can stop it but you gotta be in the watchtower to stop it before it gets there because if you look around, it, it doesn't take very long to, to look around. And it doesn't take very long to, to watch the news and see that, unfortunately, the church has been in a time where the watchmen have been asleep. And, and I, I promise you, I am not here to browbeat. I'm not here to down the church or anything like that here tonight because I, or down anyone here because I am just as guilty as charged of being, uh, uh, being asleep while I was supposed to be in the watchtower. But over the years, we can see that We've been asleep as watchmen and we've allowed the enemy to come in and and to take territory in areas that were never meant to be his. In Isaiah chapter number 56, it talks about the blind watchmen and the Lord calls them dumb dogs. Not not dumb in the sense of dumb in the brain or anything like that, but dumb in the sense of not being able to speak. Not being able to say anything. He called them dumb dogs and that cannot bark, that love to sleep and that are lying down on the job. That, that, that they've been, that these watchmen, they were meant to look, look out over Israel. They were meant to, they were meant to, to intercede on behalf of Israel. But what Isaiah 56 is telling us is that Israel lost its way because the watchmen were blind. They weren't paying attention. They were sleeping on the job. They weren't delivering the word as God had given it to them. But they were being, they were not speaking the word of the Lord. And Israel lost its way as a nation because the watchmen were not on the job. An enti- think of that. An entire nation lost its way because of some sleepy watchmen. Some watchmen that thought, I could, I could, I could pray later. I'll pray a different day. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll just take a break for a little while. Maybe I'll just hold off. I'm, 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 saying, I'm saying these phrases because those were excuses that I used in my own personal life. Maybe I'll just, I'll pray tomorrow. I'm a little tired. I'm a little weak in body right now. I'll pray later. But when, like I said a moment ago, when you look around, I feel like the church as a whole used that a little too much. And now the enemy is running has ran rampant across this nation because while the watchmen were sleeping and while the watchmen were not speaking, the enemy decided where the church is not speaking, 
I'll just go ahead and speak. Where, where the church is not occupying that territory, I'll occupy it. I'll slip in while the church isn't looking. While the church is not praying, while the church is not fasting, I, will, I, I, there, I can slip right in there. And he's done just that. First Peter chapter, chapter number 5 and verse 8 says that our adversary, the enemy, the devil, roams about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. He never stops. He never slows down. Where the church and where people may slow down, he runs a little bit faster. And we look around, and I, I promise I'm getting to the good part. I promise I'm getting to the good part here in just a few moments. <clears throat> but... But we look out around and we see places like Washington, D.C. and our own White House and our Capitol buildings and Supreme Courts. And I know the Lord's been moving in those areas. He has been. But, but over time we look and we see that throughout it, it looks like the enemy has, has taken over those territories and in, our, in our nation. And as much as people try and yell and scream that this nation was not founded on Christian heritage and Christian beliefs. Listen, if anybody, if any of them are watching out on, on the live stream or the video that try and say that this nation was not founded with a Christian heritage, just because you yell and scream something loud enough doesn't make it any more true. Amen? Amen. This nation was founded and built on the backs of godly men who sought out after God before their meanings concerning forming this great nation. Even before signing the Declaration of Independence, they had a prayer meeting where it was recorded that the power of God fell so strong amongst all of them that they shook under the power and the presence of Almighty God while they were praying before signing the declaration of independence that doesn't sound like secular belief, secular beginnings to me I don't know if it's just me but it doesn't but our nation's capital was never meant to be occupied by the enemy but now when looking at the news and social media one would begin to think that the enemy has conquered Washington D.C. One, to begin, one would begin to think that our schools have been conquered by the enemy. That, that when our young people walk the halls of the school building, a place where they're only supposed to be worried about their education and, and seeing their friends and, 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 talking about, and talking about what's going on in, in the school and, and playing sports. That's what they should be concerned about. But now they have to be concerned about whether or not that they'll be drugs in the locker next to theirs. If, if their classmates are, are self-harming or contemplating taking their own life, or if, God forbid, there be a, a shooting take place or a, a bomb threat. And the school is a place where up until 1962, every day started off with a prayer to Almighty God. But now to even utter the name Jesus in a public setting of the school system would get any school official dragged to the town square and tarred and feathered, figuratively speaking. One would think that this entire nation has been conquered by the enemy. When you, when you look at the state of the great nation that we live in, and yes, America is still the greatest nation on this earth today. 
But when you see the, the state that we're in, you see homosexuality flaunted in our faces everywhere. And you hear arguments on whether a boy is a boy or a girl is a girl. Or you, you even hear arguments if, if they don't even know yet, if they haven't decided. You hear arguments on whether a life is really a life. And all of this is going on in our nation. But as I said, while the watchmen have slept, the enemy never slowed down. And, and like I said, I'm not here for doom and gloom or to browbeat. I, I, I promise that I'm getting, I promise I'm getting to the good part. And the thing about it is, is when you look at it, the enemy, he comes in to, to steal territory from us and, and destroy everyone and everything in it spiritually and, and, and everything possible on his route to get that territory and to, and, and to get the people back and to, to, to try and hold them captive. But the thing about it is, is we read about, we, we read in Ezekiel chapter number 37 where it says Ezekiel is looking out into the valley of dry bones. Everything, he's just looking at death all around him. He can't see, he can't see anything but death. He's just looking out and, and he's saying, God, these bones are laying here. They, they, they once had life. They, they used to be alive, but now they're laying before me dead right now. And he's saying, son of man, can these bones live? And the thing about it is, is if we're called to be a watchman just like Ezekiel was, then that means we are also called to prophesy life back into the dead things, back into the dry bones that we may be looking at right now. If we're called to be watchmen to stand in the gap we can look at that, that, that world out there that is spiritually dead or that lost loved one that is spiritually dead in our lives and we can prophesy life back into those dry bones and say live again in the name of Jesus I about knocked that thing over I'm going to stay over here dear God there's one on this side too Praise God. <clears throat> Watchmen's called, watchmen are called to intercede. They break out a normalcy and they fight the enemy in the spiritual realm. They encourage, they warn, but they also speak and prophesy life into those people and areas God has given them watch over. And we can't ever say, that's not me, God. I, I, I can't do that. And if you read in Isaiah 56 one more time, just a little bit before, it talks about the blind watchman. The Lord says that those that honor his Sabbath, that serve him and have relationship with him, verse number 5 says, Even unto them will I give in my house and within my walls a place and a name better than of sons and of daughters. I will give them an everlasting name that shall not be cut off. And what he's saying here is a precursor to what we experience in the new covenant. He's telling us that all that will accept Christ will be saved and all rights and privileges of a son or daughter of the king comes with it. I can't help but think about the story of the prodigal son where he 
comes back to the Father's house after living out in the world. He comes back to the Father's house, and the Father says, put a robe on him, put shoes on his feet, put a ring on his finger. And all of those things had had, had significance. But what I want to talk right now is about the ring. And the, that, that ring is a signet ring. It had the family symbol on it. And what that meant was is that when he would go to the market and he would come to, to, the, to the checkout, whatever you want to call it, get to get ready to go home with his armload of stuff, all he had to do was flash that ring or stamp it on a piece of paper saying that my, that, that's got my father's name on it. And, and, and he's picking up the tab for me today. That's got my father's symbol. All of this he's going to pay for later on. And what God is saying here tonight is, is that you have the everlasting name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth that you are carrying and that means that all power all authority comes with it baby hallelujah every bit of it comes with it hallelujah so that means that when you're standing in the watchtower interceding and praying for your family praying for those dry bones that are in your life you can stand there in the face of the enemy just like David did and say I'm not coming to you with a sword or a spear but I come to you in the name that is above every other name I'm standing in the gap for my family for my school and I rebuke you in the name of Jesus devil and I prophesy life back into these dry bones hallelujah hallelujah Hallelujah. You're not carrying just any, any, just any physical name tonight. You, under, you understand and know that right now. You're not carrying any, just any name. I'm not carrying just Austin New. And, and Maddie's not carrying just Maddie Mullins. But she's carrying the name of our Heavenly Father here tonight. That means when she walks into that school, she can look at every dry bone that's laying before her and say, I prophesy life back into you. Because the thing about it it is, 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 is Ezekiel said, said, Father, you know, you know that they can live. I can't do it on my own. And God said, prophesy life back into them. And it says that there was a shaking and there was a, a great noise that they could hear. And all of those bones came back together. He prophesied again. And then life was breathed back into them. And they stood an exceeding great army. And God is asking the question tonight to the watchmen that are in the house. Can these bones live? Can they live? If we carry his name and, we, and he's telling us to prophesy life into every dead thing, every spiritually dead thing that is laying before us and that God has strategically brought them into our lives if, if, he's, if he's brought them into our lives and we can prophesy life back into them why do we stay silent why do we, why do we stay silent I'm asking, I ask myself the same question every day why be silent if we have the answer if we have, we have the gospel, we have, we 
have the power and the authority over the enemy. We have the spirit of the living God living inside of us. If we would just let him out and, and speak life into those that are around us. How many, how many dead things will you see come back to life in your life? Because the thing about it is, is if we carry that, that means that we can look at our nation, our nation's capital, our schools, our homes, our neighborhoods, wherever we may, wherever we may be at, and no matter how dead and dry they look, because I feel like sometimes we, we see things and, and, and we think that's just, that's a little too far. But Ezekiel says in chapter number 37, it says that they were, it doesn't just say that they were dry bones, but it says that they were very dry. They'd been dead a long time. And I, I, I got a little curious, and so I started to research it. And this may sound just a little bit gross, but I, I won't, I'm just going to say it. <laughs> but... Pastor Ronnie and Pastor Jade and everybody, you know, they, they work in funeral homes, so they're used to it. I have a funny story about having to go on a call with Pastor Ronnie. You can see me after service. I'll tell it to you. But, but an unembalmed corpse, corpse, six feet underground, without a casket in regular soil, it would take eight to 12 years for it to get down to a skeletal form. And then on top of that, another 40 to 50 years before they became very dry. So who knows how long these bones that Ezekiel saw had been dead. Who knows how long they had just been laying there, just waiting for some man of God or some woman of God to come by and prophesy life back into them. But what I'm trying to get to you here tonight with what I just told you about 8 to 12 years before it gets to a skeletal form and then another 40 to 50 years to become very dry. We're talking almost upwards of... 60 plus years that these things had, that these bodies and these corpses had been laying there dead and been laying there drying and decomposing and, and, and all apart all across this valley. But what I'm trying to get to tonight that the Lord placed in my spirit is that no matter how dead things may look, no matter how long they may have been dead, no matter how long they may feel like that they've been broken, beaten, battered, busted, and disgusted, no matter how long they've turned their backs on God, no matter how long they've said, I don't want anything to do with God. No matter how long those things have been spiritually dead, there's not a demon in hell. There's not a Satan out there that can stop my God from breathing life back into him if we would but prophesy life back into the dry bones. I don't care how dead a thing may be. I came here tonight with the question from the Lord saying, asking you tonight, can these bones live again? Hallelujah. Can they live one more time? The Lord's saying, can you, can you but prophesy and watch them live one more time? If you would prophesy, he'll breathe life back into them. Hallelujah. We can say that they can live all they want, all we want to. Ezekiel could have stood there all day long saying, Lord, you know they can live. 
But Ezekiel still had to prophesy. He still had to open his mouth and let the word of the Lord go forward. And that's our job here tonight as well, is when God gives us a word, when he gives us a word for somebody out there, you don't know what somebody may be needing to hear. You don't know what somebody is thinking. You don't know what somebody's going through. You don't know how they feel, how they, they, they may feel, just like a bunch of dry bones laying in a valley, thinking everybody's forgot about me. I'm laying down in a valley. Ain't nobody come by here in years, and I'm just very dry. I feel I, I ain't got nothing to live for. But when you come by and you say, I got a Lord word from the Lord for you, honey, and say, God's not forgotten about you. He loves you. He died on a cross for you, and he wants to save you and set you free and deliver you. And you can see the Holy Spirit blow like a rushing mighty wind over those dry bones. And they live again. Hallelujah. 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 How many, how many can say that here tonight, from now on, we'll say, not my city, not my home, not my family, not my state, not my nation. But I will stand in the gap. I will stay in the watchtower. And I will not only, because see, you see, the, the watchman, the, the, well, the watchman's role is he, he not only watches and sees things coming in, but he also controls what's going out of the city. That means you can release Holy Spirit everywhere that you go. You can release and usher in revival and usher in the glory and the power of God right where you're at, wherever you go. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But how many would say, not my family, not my home, not my nation. The enemy's had enough time playing his games wherever I'm at and in, my, in, in, in the places that God has set me over. But now I'm going to stop the enemy and I'm going to release life in those areas. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to I wanna give you this here tonight and I'm, I'm wrapping up. I want to give this to you here tonight. As I was preparing this message, the Lord began to, to speak to me, and he, he gave me this word, and I want, I want to give it to you tonight. He said, my watchmen have been asleep, but I am waking them up and calling them back to their prayer closets and watchtowers. And as they pray and intercede, they're going to see their prayers being answered quickly. He said that they're going to see my kingdom advanced in the areas and territories that Satan had taken and once held. I say once held because he will not hold them for much longer, says the Lord. But I am shaking and awakening my watchmen. And as they begin to battle in the spiritual realm, they will see the results happen in the physical, saith God. They will see their backslidden loved ones return to the Father's house. They will see their bound up loved ones set free and redeemed. They will see their cities and neighborhoods be taken back for my kingdom. And even though it may not look like it now, they will see this nation turn back to me as a result of the prayers of the watchmen who 
threw all distractions aside and said, I have slept for too long and it is time to wake up. It is time to take my place back in the watchtower and it is time for me to be the watchman who stands in the gap and intercedes for the territory God has given me the responsibility to watch over. And if my watchmen are sensitive to me and and the leading of my spirit, they will see the fruits of their early mornings, their late nights, and the times I have awoken them in the middle of the night. And these times will not be in vain, says the Lord, but the harvest you reap will be great if you would just take your place in your watchtower and be the watchman I created and designed you to be, saith God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Would you give me praise here right now? Hallelujah. 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 I'm, I'm wrapping up if they would come to the music tonight. Stand with me if you would all over the house. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 This is how the Lord laid it on my heart to do the altar call tonight. There are those of you in here tonight, I'm I'm sure the majority have all not have all been in the watchtower and interceding. But if you're here tonight and the Lord is stirring your heart and he's saying, I need you back in the watchtower. I need you, I need you, I need you back in the prayer closet. The nation, the the world and the, the world around you, the people are depending on you to be prayed up. They're counting on you to pray for and intercede for them. They're counting on you. Sodom and Gomorrah, the city was destroyed because there was no watchman. There was nobody there to pray and intercede in the city. And it was destroyed. I'm not saying God's going to come down and physically destroy physically destroy this nation. I'm not saying that at all. Don't, Don't misunderstand me. But if we're not in the watchtower pushing the enemy back when he tries to come in, what's stopping him from gaining more ground than what he's already gained? What's stopping him from making it worse than what it already is? So if that's you tonight that God is stirring your heart, saying, I need you back in the watchtower, and you would make that step of faith and say, God, I will climb back in the watchtower. I'll pray, I'll fast, I'll intercede. If that's you here tonight, I want you to just step out in the aisle and come forward. I'm not trying to embarrass anybody by what, in, in any means. I'm not trying to embarrass you at all. But if that's you tonight, come forward. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Those of you, I want you to think just for a moment. Think about somebody. Think about something that God has, has somebody or something that God has placed in your life 
whether it's a loved one, a co-worker, somebody in your school, your school, your nation, a son or a daughter, whatever it may be. Maybe it's a, maybe it's a calling. Maybe it's a gift that God has placed in you that's been dormant for too long. I want you to come forward. And what we're going to do is we're going to stand and we're going to prophesy life back into that thing. If it's a loved one, you stand in the gap and intercede for them tonight, and we're going to prophesy that they're going to live one more time. Hallelujah. And, and the thing, and with that being said, the Lord laid it on my heart, especially the last couple days, that those in here with backslidden loved ones who once were raised in the house of God, who, who served God, but it's fallen out or not where they need to be. God laid it especially on my heart for those of you here tonight that have that loved one that you're burdened for right now. Because the thing about it is, is Charlie, Charlie Pennington, does anybody know, did anybody know Brother Charlie Pennington by chance? Okay. He pastored over in Ohio. He pastored Dryden Road Pentecostal Church. And as he got up in years, he preached a, a message that I heard and that I listened to. And he told the story. And he was just an old, old country preacher from Sand Gap, Kentucky. And he said, you know, I heard that when you, when you jump a rabbit. Brother Jason and Jaden know all about rabbit hunting. He said, when you jump a rabbit, it takes off and it runs as far as it can. He said, but the thing about it is, is that rabbit always comes back home. Because when you rabbit hunt, you got the dogs to follow after the rabbit and chase him down. But the dogs are sounding off the whole time, and you can hear that rabbit getting closer back to home. Who has, who has some unsaved loved ones here tonight that have fallen out? The Lord laid it on my heart here tonight. If you would hold them up before God and intercede for them, they'll come back home. Hallelujah. If, if, you would, if you would stand in the gap for them, I'm not saying it's because of me. I'm not saying it's because I'm here tonight telling you about it. All I'm saying is, is that if Ezekiel said, if, if God told Ezekiel, these dry bones can live one more time, if you would prophesy life into them, what is stopping you tonight from prophesying life back in to that backslidden loved one that you have in your life and prophesying life back into them and seeing them come back to the house of God if that's you here tonight I want you to step forward I know altar call is just a little different. I, I, I know it's just a little different, but this is the way the Lord laid it on my heart. If that's you with that loved one on your heart, I want you to come forward. And as you're, as you're praying and interceding, and those, and, and those of you that are, that are still standing, I want you to fall in behind these, 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 these folks here tonight, and I want you to pray with them and, and intercede with them. Hallelujah. And I, I know that you're all praying right now, and I want you to continue to pray. But just, just for a moment, 
on the count of three, I want all of us at one time, in one mind and in one accord, I want us all to prophesy and call those dry bones and say, live, hallelujah. On the count of three, I know this is a little different, but on the count of three, one, two, three, live, hallelujah. Live in the name of Jesus tonight. All those dry bones that are laying before us tonight, God, we prophesy life back into them one more time. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we hear your voice. Oh, we hear that noise. We hear the sound of a rushing mighty wind. We hear the sound, oh God, of those dry bones coming back into alignment with you. Oh, we hear the sound, Lord God. We hear the sound of dry bones rattling here tonight. Oh, oh God, those lost loved ones. Oh, you're visiting them right now, Father. Your, your spirit is falling right where they're at right now, God. In cars, in bedrooms, in homes, in restaurants, at gas stations. God, right where they're at, Father, we know that your Holy Spirit has descended down upon them. They're hearing the voice. They're hearing you call out to them. Say, come back home. Come back home. We prophesy life, oh God. Hey, everybody. This is Pastor Jade Abrams. I want to thank you for watching today. Feel free to... Find us on Facebook and Instagram and follow us and get to know us a little better. And we ask that you subscribe if you'd like to this YouTube channel. And don't forget to click the bell for alerts anytime we post something new. We love you and we bless you in Jesus' name. Have a good day.